powered by Riverside. Hello, and welcome into the Sad Fan, where we talk about the good, the bad, and everything that made us sad. And um, Wes, you've got a lot to talk about this week on what made you sad. You said you could go the full <laughs> 45 minutes to an hour <laughs> on what made you sad this week. So I'm just going to get it off really quick. Um, not you off. That'd be weird. Uh, I'm just going to kick us off really quick. I don't know what happened there. I don't know what happened there. Freudian slip, I guess. Um, but... <laughs> I guess I'll start with it makes me sad that I can't make fun of Florida State anymore uh, post Jimbo Fisher era, right? And they've been so bad for so long, and then they beat LSU on what was just a terrible end-of-game sequence. But I think I'm going to switch to making fun of Brian Kelly because he came into LSU with so much bolster and so much <laughs> fake swagger. And, uh, I don't know if you know this, but he, he, he shot a TikTok video with a recruit for LSU and then the recruit committed to like Miami or Alabama or something. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so, so it's fantastic because yeah. he used super awkward, super cringe. Yeah, he used it to uh, what was it? He used it for clout. He used Brian Kelly for clout, and then just committed somewhere else. And um, but yeah, it, we've we've had this opportunity to make fun of uh, Florida State for so long now. Ever since transition here, boys and girls, Willie Taggart. Got moved over there from where? Where was he the coach of again? It was the coach of Oregon, that little snake. <laughs> <laughs> For one year. It's okay. You don't, you don't need a coach that runs around the sideline with a whistle around his neck still. Because that is ridiculous. Right? And that's <laughs> Willie Taggart. But uh, I, I think that yeah. leads us to something that made you sad this weekend, which was Oregon? Well, I... Yeah, um, yeah, we kind of got our asses kicked. Uh, not gonna lie. Um, yeah, we got we got stopped. I uh, I was down in Portland at the uh, the Grand Prix watching some IndyCar, uh -huh. and uh, so I took a break to go watch the game at a bar. And I may have left after halftime because it was getting pretty bad. They have I was like, I'm just going to go watch the cars and pretend that this isn't happening. Did they have like 28 points by halftime? Georgia, thirty-one. Uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was. No, no, it was twenty-eight to okay. three, and I remember that because uh, that was the Falcon score That's at the Super Bowl. I was like, hey, twenty-eight to three, an Atlanta team choking. I was like, it could happen, yeah, too, too, but obviously not. Too um, bad they're from Athens. Yeah, that was. It, it kind of remind. Hello. Yeah. Oh, 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 look who made it. Well, uh, this is my sister, Chelsea. Hello, uh, Ducks. It's, it's, yeah, we were just talking about the Ducks. <laughs> um, of course, of course. <laughs> so, Wes was going into how um, we walked out of the yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll stop interrupting. Yeah, I walked out of the game at halftime. Uh, That's about when I walked out as well, actually. like, But then I, like, I came back to the game kind of hoping that, you know, we would get a chance to see Thompson play. That didn't happen. And I was like... Well, shit, here's just, like, a waste of game. Just, we didn't even get anyone just, else into the rotation. We just kind of kept our starting 11 in. It was kind of, I can see, my brother actually texted me today and was like, why the hate around, you know, landing, 
and everything that's going on. And I think some of the hate comes from like not even trying different rotations, not even trying something else out, seeing what works, you know, obviously at that point when you're down by that much, it's garbage time. So you throw in other players, get them some like worthwhile, you know, reps, just get them used to being knocked down by these big Georgia dudes, you know, S- like SEC defenses and <laughs> stuff like that. But to like, NFL yeah, but to, but to do nothing, not change it, not change your game plan, not change your strategy. I think it's kind of pathetic. I, uh, yeah, well, I was going to say, um, like, I'm not judging them too bad. Because this kind of brings me back uh, 13 years ago to uh, when Chip mm-hmm. Kelly first debuted. And we got smoked by Boise State, right. which, by the way, would get absolutely boat raced by this Georgia team, yeah. let's be honest. And, uh, yeah, that game was pathetic. And then uh, everyone was like, fire Chip Kelly after one game. He <laughs> would end up changing to our program. To be fair, though, Boise State has always been one of those teams that, like, comes out of nowhere and has all those, like, sneaky little plays, those little tricks. Like, I actually, as much as I hated them while I was, like, going to Oregon, I actually kind of respect them as, like, just a general college football fan because it's like, well, you know, like, they've got their thing. They, like, sometimes just sneak out those big wins, and kudos to them. But, I mean, at the same time, it sucks to be, like, the team that they're playing. <laughs> Thing you mean a gimmicky blue field. The blue field so, sucks. So they're the last team outside of Eastern Washington that was allowed to do the colored field uh, because right. of the blue field. So, yeah, teams like Oregon came out and was like, this is a distraction. This is why we're so bad at playing them at home. And, right, because <laughs> so green, green uniforms on a green field, you know, isn't awful to play against either or anything. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, I mean, we only wear green like what once so a year. So really quick, uh, we want to welcome in Taylor. Uh, Hi, Taylor. We were able to get her in. Taylor, this is Chelsea. She's visiting us for some uh, Oregon chatter. Not a lot going on with Live Golf, but she is uh, Wes's sister, but also one of our fans. She listened to la- last week's podcast and was like, I have so much to say about Jen. that. <laughs> I do. I do. I had like so many things where I was listening and I was just like, you know, I was just watching you guys talk. But at the same time, I was like, damn it. Like if I was on, I could say like, you know, the live golf trophy looks like the identical picture of like the twin towers falling over. It's uh, things like that. You know, I just always have like these little tidbits from just spending way too much time on Twitter these days. Like, yeah, too much. There's nothing to do in Texas other than like just read about what else is going on out in the world. So that's actually very yeah. true. Coming from like living right on the border of Texas, it's it's literally like, do you want to shop or stay home? Those are your choices. Yeah, and your shopping is like the HEB, like the rundown, H-E-B. like Fiesta Market, or like you know going balls to the wall and go into like the TJ Maxx. Like, great, great. I spend more time at like Home Depot you than, you know, Nordstrom these days. Before we get too so far, before we get too far down that rabbit hole. Go ahead, Taylor. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I was just curious what I missed. So uh, we were just talking about what made me sad. And that was that Oregon got their asses drilled into the ground by Georgia, literally a team full of oh, like, I thought, NFL Hall I, I thought what so was going to cool. make you sad was that I stole Tom Brady from you, but it's okay. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wes's team is really good one, but see, fantasy chatter, we, we don't want to do that. The audience will go to sleep on us. We'll have to do it when things get a little heated. Uh, but yes, Taylor and Wes, I think, are the two top-rated teams in the league. Go ahead, Chelsea. Sorry. I'm sorry. You guys are having Wes's. a fantasy league, and I wasn't invited. It's it's our inaugural team. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. It was very last minute, uh, Chelsea, okay. in everyone's defense. Yeah. It's fine. But, it's totally fine. I get it. But you're right. Fantasy sleep it like puts everyone here, to sleep. Login, and you can run my team for me. Wes is it'll, it'll give a me something to do here. Wes is checked out, Chelsea. <laughs> He's checked out, I think, uh, because I didn't want to get too far. Uh, before going back in, like right, like I said, down the rabbit hole. Uh, but Taylor hit us with that Tom Brady, sure, and uh, it, it, it sent us right back into <laughs> into the, the chatter. But uh, yeah, so so like Wes said, we were talking about what made Wes said sad, which was the Oregon uh, Georgia game. What was funny to me though is one, I was heckling Wes the whole game. I can't help myself. But we had a podcast a while sure. back, and Taylor could yeah, Taylor could speak to this. I told him I was like, "This is going to be a bad coach," and she's like, and, and Wes like, "You don't even know. You don't even know." <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know, man. I don't like coaches that come from a coaches." I still think it's going to be a bad coach. So, so here's the thing: I'm just not a fan of coaches. I still think you're wrong, and I think you'll realize you're wrong by that. He's a defensive coordinator. Uh, that's come from a slew of really good defensive coordinating head coach or defensive centralized head coaches, except for Kirby Smart. And that's super rare for those coaches to turn out to be really good because typically they're operating. Like, look at Bill Belichick's tree. It, it's not great. So the other thing is with right. that team is you took Bo Nix, who was awful. And you were kind of excited about Bo Nix. Well, Bo Nix was terrible. <laughs> and we never tried anything no. else. I was never... I was never excited about this guy. One, no. he's like what twenty five or something. Like he's he's, he's old 25 for college. Sixty yeah. starter. Like, twenty five. He's old. He's yeah. old for like a college kid, and he hasn't learned shit the entire time he's been in college. Like he's he's just. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You, you like expected somebody who went to college for football to also learn something other than football. That's not quite fair. That's not quite fair. Speaking as someone who's worked with a lot of student athletes, like while I was in college, but no, no, no. Um, I know a lot of them do, and that's super cool that a lot of them actually take the time to like put in effort and get a degree in something. That way, when eventually they get injured or have to retire, they can like right. do some other things with their lives and be productive in society. But I will say, uh, I feel like a majority of the people who go to school for football, they're banking on football. Especially in the SEC. Yeah. Well, I, I will say, I will say with COVID, there are a lot of like sure. six year players right now because they got a red shirt and they got a COVID year. So they're like getting their entire like masters paid for right now, which right. is really cool. So really he isn't the that. only one, but I will say that I feel like this is Scam Newton 2.0, like where Oregon is just getting, try to keep it PG 13 here again, blitzed by Auburn again <laughs> by another just piece of garbage like he's not a great person first of all like he's got he's being like sued for child support in like three different states like you know oh wow <laughs> he let me catch some, the like, instagram girl chelsea let me catch the audience up <laughs> chelsea just took a shot at the national championship if those of you weren't paying attention mm -hmm. the cam newton uh auburn team versus chip kelly's oregon ducks and and Oregon's very 
sour about that every time I bring it up, Wes gets mad. So that was a good shot. It was super below the radar, but we got to keep I'm the right. fans. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Taster had no idea. Tireless down. Why is Auburn an enemy of Oregon? That was a shot at the national championship game. That I won't say they're enemies. They're not enemies. Like we definitely, it was like it was a great national championship game, right? Like back in the day, but like it's just the SEC doesn't like they produce great athletes, but the quality and character of the people coming out of those schools. I mean, you know, we've got like Herschel Walker. <laughs> Scam oh. Newton, you know, we've got like plenty of examples of like who these Newton guys actually so... are, and it's just kind of fair. That's not fair. So he, he did one thing as a nineteen-year-old. Oh, yeah, he's out of Florida. Florida for stealing a laptop at nineteen years old, and he's yeah. <laughs> All right, he's been a model citizen. That's a pretty big deal. Stealing a laptop. I mean, these days, he's stealing a, a laptop pretty much amounts to grand theft. It's like over a thousand bucks for any laptop these days. Oh my exactly. god! Yeah. Tell me about it. I actually had to Thank log you, in. Taylor. Last Thank night. you. <laughs> she's, she's right. I, I had to log in last night because I had to buy this new laptop because I was teaching a class and I have a little slip in my backpack that was where you put your laptops, and I spun around my backpack to put mm-hmm. it on my back at the laptop, but. And I was like, no, exactly. Oh, no. And, I just, and one of my students was like, why are you so calm right now? I'd be freaking out. I was like, because what am I going to do? What am I going to do? It, it happened. There's nothing I can do. That's um, answer. Because I don't know. You can't be mad at yourself at that point. Like, like when someone else does it, you want to be mad at yeah. them because you're like, fuck you, you ruined my shit. But like when you do it to yourself, yeah. you just have that moment of like, Fuck me! I'm an idiot. <laughs> I was. Yep. Yeah. I was pretty. Upset. Yeah. We've all been there. So now I, I've got to figure out this one and, and make sure everything's good. And I logged on early last night, but a lot of people have logged on early to make comments about the 12 team playoff, which doesn't start till 2026. And because we're talking about Oregon and Georgia, and they're probably going to be perennial characters within this 12 team playoffs. Um, I, I didn't want to get – I keep getting off track. Kirby Smart said they just have better players than Oregon, and I hope that causes future rivalries in recruiting, amongst other things. So I, I just wanted For to get sure. that in. If you get the chance to read that article, that was literally Kirby Smart's response to beating yeah. the hell out of Oregon was, we just have better players. He basically said everything Oregon sucks. I mean, obviously. <laughs> no, screw that, okay? USC, I mean, they, we lost like half of our – Recruiting class West, last year. USC and Texas dominated college football for like three years, four years. Like I don't want to hear about it, especially now with NIL, like we talked about. Like all they've done is yeah. buy players, and now it's legal for everyone, right? Because in my think about it, if your biggest export is the University of Alabama, okay, you're not going to be a reporter that brings down the University of Alabama. <laughs> you're not going to be that guy. So, yeah, so they've been doing it. For, that's that's uh, fair. So now we have a 12-team playoff. I mean, they had 15 players go to the NFL last year. I mean, like, when was the last time, like, aside from Alabama, like, it's pretty much, it's it's like Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama right now, and they're just leagues ahead of everybody. Oh, we don't have to, have to talk right. about like, how they're it is pretty... Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we all know that. But it's real, it is really to find like a 300 pound 18 year old who is also fit and muscular and ready to like you know haul ass on the football field 
it's there aren't that many of them to go around even though you know like the recruiting you gotta go to the midwest uh, exactly for those boys. Those corn fed like, you know gravy babies <laughs> but you know yeah of course they're going to go to like where the teams already specialize in having those big boys you know you've seen it time and time again where like these west coast teams like even a USC, an Oregon, a Washington, you know, whatever, they get like one or two of these big guys, they don't know what to do with them. So they're just kind of like stop, you know, they can't build a defense around two guys, especially on defense where they have to switch them out a lot more rather than on like offense. So, I mean, of course, these big guys are going to go to, you know, their Ohio States, their Alabamas, their Georgias, you know, whatever is going to fit kind of their mold and also whatever people are kind of pushing them into. But that being said, Oregon still had an amazing couple of recruiting years. There's no reason that we shouldn't have been competitive in this game, at least to some point, like at least getting an actual touchdown for Pete's sake, like on the board. <laughs> it is embarrassing. It was an it. embarrassing game. It, it, no, it was, it was an embarrassing game. But Taylor, where we're from in, in L.A., that's where Oregon was recruiting from for these big players when Chip Kelly was there, and that's why everyone thought when he went to UCLA – uh, that he was going to have an amazing team. He just doesn't have a quarterback. The team's okay. But I think, you know, you're in school in L.A. There's some big dudes out there that are still athletes. They're just in uh... – Like, of course you go there. Like, you go and find out what the gems. Gonna... They find the hidden gems. What are you going to say, Taylor? Even... I definitely would agree that the football players seem quite large out here, but that might have something to do with the fact that I always <laughs> felt like the guys in my high school growing up were like scrawny, very small. Um, so that might have to do with that. As far as like recruiting from this area or like, I want to say the maybe not so great areas out here. I think that that kind of makes a lot of sense because you often hear those stories, those success stories about this person who had to work their ass off their whole life and struggled and didn't have money growing up to like make something of themselves. And like, those are the kinds of people who succeed in fields like that are the people who are going to push through and work through all of the struggles and strife that is thrown at them in, at, in life. And those people yeah. are handed a lot of shitty cards and they, they figure yeah. out how to make and it football's work. a way out. Football's a way out. Um, completely, completely agree. And, you know, it, it is an opportunity that is, it is there. And, you know, this is, why, you know, obviously we made some jokes about like people going to college for football and not for academics, but like the fact of the matter is like it is a ticket to, you know, rise, raising themselves up. Another area that Oregon has had a lot of, and Oregon specifically, but also some other teams like BYU and such have had a lot of success with like, like with the, like with the Pacific yeah, it's Samoans mm -hmm. from Guam, from Hawaii, just those big boys. But there's still, still, yeah, yeah it's sorry. Who saw the dog? <laughs> who saw the dog? I'm so, we talk about it. You gotta watch <laughs> everyone. But yeah, no, I just posted it, Chelsea. But you gotta, you gotta check out. We we did talk about it. Wes and I had to apologize because we were definitely in a jocular environment where um, we weren't the nicest to Manti Teo. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we definitely ragged on him. It's that's a sad story. I will say, like, just hearing the whole thing. But I think you know, it's kind of hard when you just hear like sad Mormon kid gets catfished. You're kind of like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> 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 the whole story back. is a lot. A lot more. 
Yeah, I don't want to go back an episode, but yes, it, it, we didn't know anything about it. You know, yeah. we didn't know what yeah. catfishing was, and we do now. Uh, we're yeah, right. we're just trying to you know yeah, raise no. him up at every opportunity that we get now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now we gotta we we yeah, make sure people go. know because he's doing some really good things. Uh, where I wanted to go with that though, <laughs> with this is, uh, and Chelsea kind of touched on it. So thank you for segueing for me. I think sure. my opinion is not the same as many other people's when it comes to the college football playoff, okay? That combined with NIL, the expansion of the college football playoff combined with NIL, I think is actually going to create a um, more competitive recruiting field because now more teams can make it in. So now you don't have to choose between four schools that you know are going to make it into the playoff every year, right? By 2026, Chelsea, is it's going to be the 12 teams. So, right, so now you right. have to yeah. Yeah, choose between sorry four teams to get in. And you can get paid at any school. Right. And with social media, you can market yourself anywhere. Like the, the gymnast at LSU, she's still famous. The one that was the highest paid uh, right. athlete in NIL uh, immediately. She's, she's not, no longer the highest paid, but she's everywhere now post-NIL. Like I see her everywhere right. and she's only like 20 years old. I see articles about her all the time. And I'm like, I would have never known who this person was without NIL. And she goes to LSU, which is a decent-sized uh, university. So, what, Wes? What do you think? Do you think I'm wrong? Do you think it's going to be the usual suspects here, or do you think that this is going to open up recruiting? Well, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, because there's definitely going to be like a lot more interesting teams that make it, mm-hmm. in. and it's going to be like it's going to be different to root for. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I think the first like few years, you're still going to be like a lot of those like twelfth, eleventh, tenth, ninth, eighth, seventh, sixth teams that make mm-hmm. it in. Are probably just going to get boat raced, but I, I think over the years it'll create more parity. Cincinnati put up a pretty good fight against Arkansas. I don't know. At least that's my yeah, hope. Chelsea. Go. I, I see you have something to say. So, so go ahead. But yeah, Cincinnati did put up a fight against Arkansas. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I th- so as we kind of see like the advent of like you know this change in the playoff system, we're also seeing a huge, huge change in the conferences and that can't be overlooked, right? Because we're ending up with a potential situation of having these mega conferences, right? Which is going to just kind of, as it usually does, like the cream of the crop are just going to be at the very top of those conferences and they're going to be like fighting each other for, you know, first and second and then into these playoff spots. So, I mean, you know, is it actually going to create parity or are we just really kind of going to see the same the same kind of the same teams over and over again who are rising up to the very top of these mega conferences where they don't even have to play each other. I mean, like look at some of the SEC schedules. They're ridiculous. You know, they're not yeah. playing each other. They don't have very hard, you know, they might have like one or two difficult games, but they don't have like, you know, the stack competition that, you know, five, six years ago, the SEC really was, you know, everyone's like just eating each other alive. You know, it's just cannibalism which was good for some people, but, you know, it really did allow some, some people, some teams to like sneak up and, you know, kind of just find their way on top. I think that we're just going to see something a little bit different with these mega conferences. And so I kind of have to just disagree a little bit that I think we're going to see, you know, parity really. I I think we're definitely going to see more variety with this larger playoff field, but not necessarily teams you'd, don't see every day. I, th- I think what they're shooting for. Well, I, I think I think when you get to like, I think when you get to like twelfth, eleventh, tenth, those teams are going to be like constantly rotating. Like right. 
Yeah, like the top four, top six teams are going to be like the same teams probably every year. I, you know, like your Clemson, Ohio State, <laughs> maybe Michigan, and then Alabama, Georgia. But then it'll be interesting because like the pack. Well, who knows where the fuck the pack is going to well, be? Not, I mean, because it's going to be it's gone. not going to exist most likely. But yeah, <laughs> uh, so so I think the purpose yeah, yeah. of all this though is for people like Taylor to actually get interested, right? So it's almost like March Madness. Taylor, you've heard of March Madness at a minimum, right? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. We're an audio medium now, too. But, yes, we're the audience that was not, was not watching. She was nodding her head for a solid two seconds before she said yes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so, so for folks like you. That's about it. Okay, yeah, but no, for folks like saying, you, uh, that's what's important. That's about it. But you know. <laughs> That's all they want. That's the audience they want is people that know. And I sure. think it's going to be the same with the college football playoff. The more schools you get involved, you get that uh, what America is soaked in, right? We're soaked in nationalism. Sure. Like when, when we're in the Olympics, when we're in the World Cup, which is, uh, again, we're going to transition here in just a second. We drape ourselves in the flag, you know? Uh, we really do. We we wrap ourselves in that flag, and we're like, yes, we're all unified finally for one thing. We want to see that flag atop all the other flags, at, at a minimum. Um, and I think it's the same with our universities, because if you travel outside the country, many other countries are are kind of taken aback. They're like, why do you guys root for universities? Like, who cares? And they don't understand like the pageantry and, and yeah, the 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 what is almost nationalism we put behind these colors, these teams, uh, as far as our university is concerned. I think that's where we're going to go. And go ahead, Taylor. I got to be honest, as a not, as a not sports person, um, I do find it a little weird when people who like didn't go to a university or a certain school or aren't from a particular hey. area are still very heavily okay. invested in a team <laughs> that seemingly has nothing to do with them. <laughs> like, I get go it. Ahead, when Justin. you go to school, like that makes oh. sense. You want to be a part of something. You're a part of this, you know, university. Everybody that you go to class with is somehow like tied to this team. That makes sense. I get that. You live in a town right next to a college town. I get it. I don't understand like having a desire to root for a team that is on the other side of the country where you don't know any of the players. You don't know any of the people there. <laughs> That is right. a so, lot. Of so my brother is a huge Oregon fan. He never went to Oregon, but I mean, we did grow up in Eugene, to be fair. But yeah, I grew up pretty much my entire life. But in, you can also like, like fandom. In the Eugene. interesting thing about fandom, you know, is that sometimes you marry into it. Sometimes you have a friend that like that went there, like you know, just for different reasons, and you kind of find yourself like attached to that team and even like kind of still hold on to that fandom like for a while you know and it's fun especially if they're like successful or if they have unique like tailgating traditions or like you know like I had a friend who I'm not friends with anymore who went to UVA I love that school I love Charlottesville I love that school I will you know <laughs> if we're playing them I'm probably like if Oregon's playing them, it's fun. It's just fun because I can like be kind of like on both sides, and it's just it's Let one of those things know that like is. you know, <laughs> University of Virginia and Charlottesville. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> like it's just 
But I mean, you know, they're not a particularly great team most of the time for most of their sports. The but you know, it's a fun. Hmm? I think they're in the SEC now. Are they in the SEC now, Wes? I, I, no, no, they're, no, they're still in the ACC. They're yeah. still ACC. Bid though, I think they got a bid. Yeah. I mean, ACC. they're they're pretty good in basketball though. Do they really? They're still ACC. Yeah. I no, but no, I I think we're going to need just, some fact checking on this. We need a fact check it, but I remember Chris Long, who's probably the best football player to ever come out of the University of Virginia. Chris Long posted something about it because he was making fun of Virginia Tech. I think Wes is pulling it up now. I think uh, our research department is going crazy over there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, so, there's a, so there was like a headline in July that like the University of Virginia, North Carolina, Florida State, and Clemson were talking to the SEC, but there's nothing okay. that came out of it. Okay. And it Taylor was, was sources, so. shaking as well. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you, Taylor. I saw both heads shaking. The very, according to the always reliable Wikipedia, <laughs> the the Cavaliers compete at the NCAA Division One level in the Atlantic Coast Conference since 1953, and there is no change or update. Okay, good, good. So yeah, <laughs> but I, I wasn't completely wrong. So they they were in talks to join the SEC, but nothing came of it. Uh, but yeah, so so well, so that I mean, was wild. Mind, but yeah, yeah. It, it will. You were not wrong in the super conferences, uh, and I think. We're, we've got about 13 minutes left, so I want to get to uh, a topic that was kind of on the fence, right? It was actually a headlining topic for one of the shows a while back, which was the No Fun World Cup, because they were going to allow no sex at the World Cup. Uh, see, Good. taking it back to nationalism, you guys thought I forgot about the transition. But unless you're married, yeah, it, unless you're married. You're married, Wes, remember, if you don't share the same surname, they're going to make you get a separate hotel room. So there was yeah. So there was that. Sorry, that's ridiculous. I, I'm, I'm making sure you guys hear me in my ear. I can I can hear when it goes through to your guys's uh, headphones. Uh, and then they weren't going to serve beer or alcohol, which was one of the stipulations of why FIFA was going to have it in Qatar in the stadiums. Well, Qatar officially announced that they have reached an agreement to allow beer and alcohol within the stadiums. So I mean, can we still have yeah. fun? I. I'm I'm genuinely curious about what the exact rules for this will be because it's a it's a, a dry country, correct? Like yes. you can't drink alcohol anywhere. So does that yeah. mean that the people who actually then live in the country outside can still enter the, the stadium and purchase alcohol? Do you need like a passport for another sure country? Completely no. No, hold on. Can I just interrupt here as someone who has traveled through the Middle East? I'm pretty sure that Doha oh. is very similar to Dubai, where in the streets, like in general, in the restaurants and everything like that, you can't drink there. But in any of the like the tourism areas, like the hotels and some of like the strips of like cafes and things like that, you can drink. But it is very separate is very segregated from you know kind of like where like the main populace really is and where they eat and you know go out to restaurants and things like that it is very distinct and very separate but to say that it's dry i'm not 100 percent sure i because doha is a big big city and it's very it's very lucrative for tourism but i have a feeling that this you know absolute clampdown on alcohol sales 
as ridiculous as it is, as pathetic as it sounds, is probably stopping tourism when in fact, what should have really stopped tourism was the fact that the whole stadiums were built by slaves, but that's a whole other, yeah. <laughs> whole yeah. other topic. Oh, I mean, we talked about that. <laughs> we did. We covered that. <laughs> I, th- I think Wes gave us the exact number in that podcast. Uh, if you guys want to go back, look at the the No Fun World Cup episode of uh, the Sad Fan. But yeah, hundreds of people died. I think you gave us the exact number of deaths, Wes. I think you Googled like, and it's not even the exact. I think it's just recorded deaths. Well, well, so yeah, so there's a recorded deaths, which is like below a hundred. And then there's like what's been like reported through non-official sources, which is like in like over a thousand. Yeah, it's you're, you're absolutely right, Chelsea, to touch on that. I don't, I don't ever want to talk about these things without uh, commenting. It's but like going no, through a nudie have... bar here. It's like not really something that we are like, mm, let's have everybody go and do that. We we let people do it, but like maybe go do it over there. Exactly. But there's no like clamp down on it. You know, it's just kind of a as long and everyone, you know, is chauffeur. Okay, so then I'm imagining that they'll be able to go into the stadium and drink as well. Is what it sounds like is the change in the rules, like that the FIFA stadiums yeah. will actually allow. Well, no, no. Allow. I knew that like that meant obviously tourists could, but I was just curious about the people who actually are from there, live there. I would imagine, though, their religion might play some part in why they don't drink in the first place. So they probably want to for a lot of them anyway, but, you know, to each their own. You'd be surprised what happens behind closed doors, though. (laughs) Suddenly, suddenly a lot of those rules. I watch a lot of true crime. I would not be surprised. (laughs) True crime. I I can't (laughs) skip right past the fact that Taylor very timidly called them nudie bars. That was really funny. <laughs> That's why I was... It's like a strip club. You can't, like, necessarily take your top off if you're, you know, depending on what you're doing. And so, no, guys, if they're serving, if they're serving alcohol, if they're serving alcohol, they can't be nude. Yeah. What? Where is this? I mean, that, that also depends on state. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. Um, there's different... There's no, like she's right. In, in New Mexico... In New Mexico, in California, you're totally right, Taylor, because there is one bar, and I've never been to it, but I saw the sign for it. Like, there's a big billboard in Los Angeles, and it's, like, the only nude bartenders in Los Angeles. And I was like, how's that possible? You're not allowed to do that. And I was thinking, and my buddy, who had never been to it, somehow he knew, was like, oh, they get away with it with body paint. And I was like, with body paint? He's like, yeah, because body paint is technically covering you up. Wow. Yeah, so there's there are stipulations like that where if you're serving alcohol, they can't be like completely nude or something. I don't remember exactly what the rule is, but if they're serving alcohol, is that they for can't like be hygiene. That, that's how that's how New Mexico was. I think so. Yeah, I think so. No, I think, it, I think it's for security. Well, I don't know because New Mexico, you can only be topless if you served alcohol. Oh, so all the fully nude places were you nailed. It. Sorry, no, you got it. Dry. Yeah. All the fully nude uh, strip clubs were dry. That's what it is. And then like topless bars are, are, they can serve alcohol, but that's just that they can't, they can only take the top off. And I don't think they do like lap dances or any of that shit either. If they're serving alcohol, it's just like dances, like dancing, you know? Yeah. So I think it's similar to that where like, you know, they kind of have their own stipulations and whatnot. But for this, since we're talking about sports, (laughs) Um, I, I think that it'll be a similar situation where, like, since they're serving alcohol there, people can buy alcohol even if they're from the country. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think also... Pole dancing is a sport. <laughs> so, so the country's already, like, like Chelsea had said, it is a sport. 
uh, ESPN ate the Ocho. Check out that episode. We did it with Joshua Berkeley from Gore. Uh, but uh, um, I think the thing is, this country already has not a sterling reputation, right? And they're trying to sports wash a lot of things. Like Live Golf is trying to sports wash. Uh, like UFC is trying to sports wash the Emirates. Like there's a lot of these countries that have done really terrible, especially to journalism, right? Especially to free press. <clears throat> Uh, especially to women, especially to educated women in particular. Uh, th- these countries are trying to soak that all away. And I- I'm not saying everyone's bad. I don't want to be misconstrued or taken out of context. But what I am saying is these countries don't have the best reputation. And I think what they're trying to do is if they can keep the areas dry, which was not in their agreement with FIFA originally four years ago, but if they can keep the areas dry, then there's less of a chance of something going wrong between the locals and tourists. Because that's the last thing you need is is an international incident where, you know, uh, a fan from this country says something to a fan, to a local from this country, and then alcohol is involved and then things just escalate. I, I think that's... And then you get a bunch of tourists. In- I, I got you, Taylor. Hold on. You also get a bunch of tourists in jail when you try to tell them that they can't do the shit that they do normally, like drink alcohol and stuff, and then they get tourists and tell you who the fuck are you. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think that's always a possibility. People are going to be stupid if they want to be stupid. That's just kind of how it is. I think that, like, you know, when you go to a different country, you're supposed to respect their rules no matter where you are and, and right. what the deal is. So if they have rules, you should be abiding by them. I think the, the difference with this comes in the fact that, like, they're not a fully dry country, like Chelsea said. They have alcohol available. So to then try to deprive all the tourists at this big event that they're paying a ton of money for to go and fly and see and do and spend money in your country, I think that would cause a problem. Right. And also... Go ahead, Chelsea. I was just going to talk about, like, the population makeup of these, of, like, Qatar, of the Emirates. Like, the Emirates are 13% Emirati. Everyone else is just literally imported into the city of gold. Same same with Qatar. Like, Doha is a huge magnet for people all over to just kind of come into the city and work. You know, there's a lot of not great paying jobs, but there's also a lot of, like, you know, big big, big oil companies in there who are importing their talent from the United States, from, you know, the UK, from Australia, Malaysia, Indonesia, the Philippines, you know, all these people are coming into these countries. So, I mean, when we talk about the locals, let's be really clear. The locals are very, like, they're outnumbered, like, at least five to one mm-hmm. in most the of these countries. can't possibly have, like, the majority of the money and like enough money to live there. I feel like the majority they of those people who have the billions of dollars have to be from like around the world. No it's oil the, money. It's, it's not it's oil money. <laughs> yeah. So the way that the, these systems work actually is they take all the profits and all the tax and it's redistributed to the people who are actually from there. So yes, mm-hmm. the people who are okay, like Emirati, for example. If you're like if you live in Dubai, I imagine yes, you're those rich people. If you live in the surrounding area of Dubai, I know. You're, talking about, I don't, the, 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 you're talking about the people they had build the stadiums. Well, those were all imported. That's, exactly. That's, your 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 laborers are not going to be from. They're not Qatari. They're yeah. from these other areas because they were offered, you know, various things. And then when they got flew in, they took their passports and they were like, "No, you work for us." But yeah. yeah, I mean, the way that these systems work, it's kind of like what we see on a much bigger scale, but in Alaska, like where if you live there, 
you get money redistributed to you every it's, year and you get like a basic income basically from it. I think I have a better comp for you. And yeah, Taylor, that is exactly what you were saying. That's what you meant. I, I heard you say, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's oh, the sorry. imports that end up never being able to leave. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it live on the outskirts. Yeah, Taylor, that's what exactly what she was saying. Uh, but I think a better comp to that, Chelsea, would be Indian reservations, Native American reservations that have casinos. The, the tribal casinos, the money is supposed to be distributed evenly throughout the tribe that they make from the casinos. And that's why they're allowed to have it. Um, exactly. It's, exactly. And it's the same. Yeah, it's, it's, Sorry. it's the same. It's the same. Like we, we like to think like in the Emiratis on the reservations, but then it, they'd all be floating high. But there's some that we all know about that are floating a little bit higher than us. Oh, yeah. uh, so anyway, we've got uh, only a couple minutes left, and I do want to let everybody know uh, the NFL will be a, a, a thread throughout the weeks, but this is our last week before football season has started for the NFL, so allow us some time to enjoy some college football, to talk about uh, international football and uh, some of the things that we're seeing. And I promise you, we, we did talk about the NFL a little bit uh, the week before this, as you guys will see on the episode that drops tonight for me, to, tomorrow for all of you. Um, and we're going to talk about the NFL in coming weeks. So don't worry, all my zealots that dropped into my mentions, like, yes, the NFL is coming. I know it's a freight train without wheels, without brakes. It just goes. <laughs> it just slides into everything that it, that it stands in its way. But I do want to take these last couple minutes to say a goodbye to two absolute legends of the sports world, not female sports world, of the entire sports world. All right. Serena Williams put on a show for all of us this week Amazing. and yes, eliminated the number two player. And, and yes, she did go out the game after, but she's a mother and she's in her forties. Like, like we said, Taylor and I were doing a podcast with Josh. She's been playing since she 1995. Slam championships. We do not need to justify anything. This woman has done. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. So, so that legend, I, I want to make sure we all acknowledge her. And then Sue Bird like... said goodbye to the WNBA. And uh, sorry, Wes. I know we you were hoping for Seattle for the it's Swan sorry. Song. I'm a Las Vegas Aces fan. Yeah. Um, and they got him. But yeah, I, I love Sue Bird. So I, I I think I even said in the podcast, it's a lose lose for me. If the Aces lose, my my, my ladies lose, and if uh, the Seattle Storm lose, then Sue Bird loses. So it was a lose-lose, but it, it was beautiful. Uh, I'll let my two folks from Seattle go, and I'll let Taylor have the last word before we give uh, our oh. uh, media information. Go ahead, Chelsea. So with just one word on Serena, I would say it was devastating to see her go out. But at the same time, you she was talking about how like players like her, who looks like her, who were her, just were not – on the court and just disrespected at every single turn. And in the same, same tournament, you saw Coco Goff at 18. Yeah. She is a meteor. She is like going to be something in tennis. I think it's just awesome to see like kind of that handing of the baton to the next generation. It was just beautiful tennis. And I miss, I miss being in New York yeah, City was... right now because I can't be at the open. I miss it. But one of, one of the coolest things that I saw from that weekend was uh, Tiger Woods was in the stands rooting mm -hmm. her on. And it was like these two like generational talents in their own sport who kind of like broke the color barrier for like these traditional white sports, like white country club sports. Sure. And, and not only did Serena yeah. break the barrier for like women in the sport, but just this past weekend, um, what's his name? Francis Tifo also had an upset 
and oh, one. Oh yes, yes. And side. beat Rafael Nadal, yeah. Rafael Nadal, yeah. in, in in a match as well. So like paving the way yeah. for everybody here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's happening. It's the future. It's great. It's beautiful to see. Yeah. So I, I am so sorry to all you barbarians. We're going to continue to support female sports out here and female athletes. And like I said, regardless of gender, <laughs> regardless of sport, these are legends of this world uh, that we like to get lost in that gives us hope for all things, uh, as Chelsea alluded to, that shows us like we can too do these things because these people actually broke the barriers. Um, that's it for our show today. We're going to end it with that. Uh, thank you, Serena. Thank you, Sue Bird, for everything you gave us, for all the walls you broke down. Uh, if you would like to reach the show, you could reach us on our YouTube channel at uh, the Sad Fan Media Group. You can reach me at the Sad Fan, and you can reach the show at the Sad Fan Pod. Wesley's still unavailable, but Chelsea, you joined us as a guest today. Where can they reach you, just so we can promote you? Oh, I actually don't like promoting myself. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> all of my social media is not on these days. It seems like a family trait. <laughs> yeah. It really yeah. Is. <laughs> uh, Taylor, where can they reach you? Well, since you can't find Wes anywhere, uh, you can find me at It's Taylor Stone on all the things. I do. I do promise you, Wes does get the messages. I I relay them to him, and if messages go directly to Wes via text messages. He will relay them to me. Uh, please, Taylor and I talk constantly as well. If you reach out to her, that's cool too. But but get on, subscribe, rate, review us. Tell us what we could do better. Uh, if you tell us you want less women's sports, I don't care. Like, you, you're not a fan I need. But uh, outside of that, uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for having me on again. Bye. Bye. Of course. Yeah.